Welcome to the Hardwood Hustle powered by PGC Basketball. We believe in the value of a coach. We're here to educate, empower, and encourage you to lead like never before. Is a fresh set of eyes what you need to be the best version of yourself? This episode is meant to be a welcome challenge to make sure you're going into another year or season excited and ready to chase your goals. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Hardwood Hustle. Today, you are fired. Yes, you heard me right. You are fired. We're going to talk about a way that you can become instantly a better coach. This is an old thing from a while back, Sam, and I'm pretty sure I heard it from Andy Stanley. Maybe you remember this or you don't, but it was just having a good talk uh, with some coaches and athletic director, and it just sparked a thought that, gosh, this would be really powerful for coaches. And I do this every year, and sometimes I do it more than once a year. But I remember him talking about this. Everybody should fire themselves and you should step back and look at your job. And if you were to go re-interview for your job, would you even want your job? I mean, that's pretty telling if you don't even want your job. But so many times we get in the thick of it, in the weeds, and there's all these things and problems and issues we have. And if we were to be the outside person, we'd have a whole bunch of different ways of solving them. And we probably even have a different approach to re, you know, going back and, and, and applying ourselves to a job in a different way. But because we're in the thick of it so many times, we just don't see all that stuff. And so, Sam, if anybody was to go right now, and let's just say that you are a high school coach and maybe you're in a rut right now, you just don't think you have the right players, you just don't have anything. Well, if you were to fire yourself, step out, would you take the job? If you would take the job, what approach would you bring to the job? What solutions would you find to solve those problems that you have? Or are you just too caught up in the fact that there's no way to solve these problems? This isn't a good job. I don't have good enough players. So let's talk about that, Sam. You're fired. Why do you think it takes such extreme measures sometimes to realize the value of something? Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think it's because you already said this, so I'm saying it in my own words, but we see our lives through the glasses and the lens that we look through. And sometimes we need to take off those glasses and put on another set of glasses to see it in the, in, in a different way. And so this happens in in other parts of our life. We read a book. Well, you could read a book at 18 and read a book at 28 and that book will hit you completely different ways. It was the same book. You read it but you have a different experience. And so in this situation, so many times we just get blinded by the monotony of the job. We get blinded by the frustrations. We get overwhelmed and we, we begin to not see things the way we need to see them. That's my opening thought. Yeah. I think it's, man, it, it's true in everything. I think about this, like we, I know we allude to this a lot in, in marriage, but you can get into a certain situation and I don't want this to happen to anybody, but let's just say that you stepped out of the relationship, not truly stepped out of it, but you step back from the relationship and you look at that person that you're married to. There's a chance that you've been arguing, you've been fighting, there's been stress, there's financial issues, there's all these different things. But, you know, if you step back from what it is, like, I mean, I would still marry my wife over and over again. I know you'd marry Sarah over and over again, right? Like when we step back and we look at that, but when you think about all those different reasons, it's really easy to get caught in the rut of like, oh, well, you know, this person does this or that person does that. And so if you were to step back from it, like if you were to if I was to fire myself here from Emmanuel, which, again, I do it once a year, I fire myself from the job and I first ask myself, would I 
reapply for this job? And the answer is yes. And it's one of the reasons I've stayed here, you know, over time is it, it has a lot of things that I love about it. Does it have things that aren't easy about it? Sure. Does it have things that are hard? Absolutely. I mean, we're one of the smallest, if not the smallest division two in the country. We're out in the country. I could give you a long list of things that, you know, aren't the greatest things about it. But am I taking that perspective or am I taking the other perspective? Here are the things that I love about it because the things that I love about it would make me want to reapply for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if this goes along with what you're saying, TJ, but um, a lot of times you, you get this, you have conversation with coaches. I, I have, you know, dozens of conversations a week with coaches at all levels. And, you know, some of these coaches were just talking but some will ask for advice and they'll share a situation they're in and they'll tell me all about what's going on. And I'll say, Hey, for a minute, let's just pretend that I just told you everything you told me. So I, I told you what you told me. What advice would you give me? And and the point is, oftentimes we have the answers to our problems, but we're not able to see it. You know, to your point, we got to fire ourselves to be able to see it. Look, ask different questions. And so the best sometimes TJ is the expert of TJ. Sam's the expert of Sam. TJ is the expert of man, Emmanuel College Basketball. Now, you're you're not ego driven where other people can't provide, you know, you and I talk about your team and you'll listen, but ultimately you're going to make the best decisions with your team, with your marriage. And you know, you know, those things better than anybody. And so again, back to the point is I just think, yeah, we, we lose sight of it because we're overwhelmed and we're bogged down and we stop asking the right questions. I would ask this. I'm a coach as a, that are listening. It doesn't even have to be a coach. You could be in your business, the job that you do every single day, right? I mean, life is short. So coach, business leader, whoever's listening right now, you're fired. Would you reapply for your job? If the answer is no, I would spend some significant time thinking about whether you should quit whether at the end of the year you should look for another job, whether because somebody that would say no to that answer, I wouldn't reapply for my job. I wouldn't want my job. I don't think it's the healthiest thing for you to be in that situation or the people you're leading for you to be in that situation. But people all across the world just stay in jobs they don't like all of the time. And do things, and you're going to spend the next 10, 20, 30 years of your life doing something you don't appreciate, you don't like, you don't feel passionate about, you don't feel called to, you don't whatever. Like, why are you staying? And I know that's pretty heavy, but but why why are you staying? We'll talk about some more other alternatives in a second. But what do you what are your thoughts on that, Sam? Like, I mean, I, I think more people should quit their jobs. I think more people should find another job. I think more people should think about looking for a different situation if it is that miserable. Well, yeah, you, you and I and you and I talked about this, I think, on on a plane flight recently where what is the most dreaded time of the week for most people, for most people? And it's it's Sunday night because they know they're about to go back to the rat race on Monday and they're going to go clock in and they're miserable in their job. And that's a that's a miserable way to live. If you're miserable in your job and you spend 168 hours a week and you're working 40 or 50 hours you know, that's, that's almost a third of your time. Well, another third is sleeping. So actually half of the time that you are awake 
you're miserable in your job. And guess what? You're not living out your full potential, your God-given talents, if that's the case. And if you're a coach listening, that's not good because you're leading other people. You're having an influence on other people. Um, and you may not be your best self to be leading them. So I agree with you, but let me play devil's advocate on that for a second. TJ, you just said that the coach is driving down the road right now listening or the business person's listening, the parents listening. Um, obviously if you're a parent, don't quit on your kids. But if you're a coach, if you're a coach, like, let me say again, this is, I'm a coach. I say, well, TJ, man, like, no, I can't just quit. This this is my job. This is where I have health insurance. This is where I make a salary and I provide and pay my mortgage. I can't just quit my job. What do you say to that person? Man, it, it, it's really tough. I mean, I think there's other alternatives to this, but specifically to your to your question right there, like, are you living or are you really living? Like my encouragement to people is to really live. You know what I mean? Like wake up every day. Be thankful, be passionate, be whatever. And if you wake up every day and you can't be thankful, you don't have gratitude, you're not excited, you're not like you're not appreciative of, of what you're at, you don't you don't look forward to it. Like, man, I don't want anybody to live that life, Sam. I mean, if we're being really honest, I I don't care who you are, I don't want you living that life. That would be my answer to that. Yeah. And I then, then I would go this way with it is and you you've talked a lot about this at our clinics this fall. What do you ask? You're asking coaches at our clinics to change what their strategy, right? You spend a lot of time like, hey, do you have the right strategy? I would add two more S words to that. If you're miserable in your job, do some real self analysis, like ask the tough questions. Is your strategy right? The other S word is, is the story you're telling yourself. I think you even talked about that some. You might be telling yourself the wrong story. You're, you're, you have some sort of story that you've told yourself in your mind. So divorce that story. The third S, and I think this is the one that a lot of coaches miss on, is you got the wrong state of mind. So your strategy, your story, and your state, you're just in the wrong state of mind. Like to your point, TJ, it would be very easily. There's been a lot of coaches prior to you being at Emmanuel that that came and went and and went they they were upset with everything going on in a manual, right? You could say, man, you could sit in your office every day and say, how do we, we can't recruit kids here. There's not a restaurant within 20 minutes, but we don't have, we have, you know, X number of students here. We no, no kids going to want to come here. You could do that. Well, that definitely not going to win that way. Or like you said, you have a state of mind that says, you know what? I'm grateful to be here. This is, that, you know, we can do some special things. So that's you, you have a different state of mind. And I don't know if you've had moments of the wrong state of mind. I'm sure you have, but you don't stay there very long. That's a strength of yours, I think. So I think, I think that's what happens. So one of those three S's is, is out of play. Now, let me, last thing before I turn it back is like, if you got the right strategy, um, you're telling you got the right story and you think you got the right state of mind and, you're miserable, <laughs> you definitely, uh, you need to punt and, and go get another job, I think. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, just a reminder, don't quit on your kids. I love that one, Sam. Um, I think that's really important. We don't want to yeah, send that message. I want to leave that up. To, yeah. <laughs> leave that. But, so let's talk about those three for a second, because I talked about the alternative. Like, if you, if you can't just get out of that place, 
the story is no good. The strategy is no good. Your state of mind's bad. Like, I mean, it might be time to go. It might be time to leave. It might be time for change. That's just a, that's just a bottom line reality. The other situation is you do want to stay at that job, but you're not happy. But for whatever reasons you want to stay, I think you're right. I mean, these three S's are really solid. Like, what can you do to change your strategy? Let's talk about strategy for a second. We'll just break down each one of these. So, and I'm just going to give a practical example. Like, so when I think about the strategy of of uh, my at, at Emmanuel, that was one of the first things that I, I had to go figure out is. Look, there's a lot of reasons why kids would choose other colleges over us. And so maybe we can't win every recruiting battle and we can't bring in the five star every single time. And we can't like we can't do all of that stuff. So so what is a strategy? And I mean, this is a really oversimplification of it. But our strategy has been really simple. Like we want to have the number one best culture in the country. We want to be number one in player development in the country. Now, I'm not saying that we are, but that's the strategy that we doubled down on. Let's bring in good kids that might not be five stars, but they're three stars, and we're going to develop them into a four star or whatever, right? And then our culture is going to help us rise above the teams with tons of talent, but they just can't get it together. Like that's that's what we've doubled down on because we can't always get the absolute best kid. And to be honest with you, sometimes – when we do get the best kid, there's baggage that comes along with it, right? They might not be a great teammate. They might not be play hard. They might not, whatever the, those things might be. And so our strategy had to change. If we were going to be successful at Emmanuel, it was not going to be a simple cookie cutter formula of go get the best players and you're going to win. Like that's just not going to be the easiest thing to do. And we've had some players in our program, and I'm not saying credit to us, credit to them that have thrived, that they were under recruited that they um, weren't a five-star, they didn't have all kinds of offers, and then they turned themselves, I mean, I got one now, he's turned himself into a pro, right? Because he had the right attitude, he had the right mentality, people passed on him left and right, and he went about it and developed himself as a player, he had the right mindset, he's the right kind of teammate, he's all those kind of things, and now we got a five-star, you know what I mean? But he wasn't that coming out, and so that's how the strategy paid off. And so I, I think the strategy piece of it um, is really important. If you're going to stay in that place and the strategy you have right now is like, I'm just never going to get good enough players or I'm never going to have enough money or I'm never going to have enough, whatever it might be like that strategy. If that stays the same, you're going to stay the same. Yeah. And, and on that strategy, like I want to highlight something you, you did that because I think some of those things matter to you. Like culture matters a lot too. So that's your personality, but you also weren't going to go toe to toe with the top, 20 D2 programs in the country and win a recruiting battle because most of the time the kid that's the better player, he's going to go to another campus and be enamored with all that other stuff where you, you don't have that to sell. So you need a kid who really buys into what you're, you're selling essentially, which is, Hey, you can come here and we're going to grow you as a young man. We're going to grow you as a player. You're going to have great teammates and that's what, and then if a kid buys into that, it's like, then you're the right fit, right? So I think that's another thing coaches need to be aware of. You know, if you look at like Tony Bennett, when he went to Virginia, he didn't try to play and do what everybody, like the Duke, North Carolina. I mean, the guy went in there and started winning ACC championships by playing a brand of basketball that others were not playing, a pack line, 
a methodical mover blocker offense. Um, and then obviously building a strong culture. So I think sometimes if coaches are listening, like, are you doing the same strategy everybody else is doing and expecting different results when, well, that's, that would be insanity. So just wanted to highlight that. Yeah. And just a side note, every job has its problems. You know what I mean? I don't care where you're at. Every job has its problems. And I mean, I, I, I think about like Villanova and I don't know if you've ever read the article where Jay Wright talks about it, but after they won the championship, right, they won the championships with three and a half and four star guys. Right. And they beat a bunch of five star programs. And then immediately they were able to get five stars in there. And he said it's one of the biggest mistakes he made in his coaching career because they started. Well, bringing I mean, those- yeah, I was going to add it was actually when they when they went to the final four run, like in 06 yeah. or seven he started getting these players and his program and culture wasn't what it was. He went back to like the blue collar, like tough feel like we're going to get those kids. Then they win two out of three national championships when they changed their approach. Yeah. So, I mean, careful, careful what you wish for sometimes. And, you know, in that scenario. And so I, I think that, you know, there's a good example of, of Tony Bennett winning a national championship with a different strategy and there's a, there's a, an example of Jay Wright having a strategy that was being pretty successful or changing to another one that didn't work and then changing back to one that did work for him. You know, that's I mean, I think those are two good examples. Let's talk about the second one, the story. And I, I, and I'm just making it personal to me. Everyone's got their own personal story. Right. But like in this particular story, I could tell you this story that we're the smallest division two in the country with, you know, 700 students or whatever, or close to, I don't know, you know, one of the five smallest, probably, I don't know where we rank and, but it's gotta be near the smallest. So that we're in the middle of nowhere. We're not near the big city. We're not near you know, all this different stuff. There's not a lot of going on. There's not a lot of restaurants choice. There's not a lot of, there's not a, a nightlife here. And I could go on and on and tell you all the different stories and different things. And I could, I could preach that story. Or I could preach another story. I could preach this story right here. Man, we got a we got a really pretty facility here. We used to have the worst facility, but we got a really pretty facility now. I could tell you the story that, man, it's really nice being in a small area. There's no distractions here. If you want to be a great basketball player, come in here and lock in because we've got a gym. We've got good goals. We've got good balls. Like you can come in here and, and on the weekend when everybody else is partying on Friday night, you can work on your game because there's not all these distractions around, you know, and I could go on and on. I could tell you all of these stories, man. We've got people that care here. Academically, we've got teachers that are going to know you by name. We get like I could just tell you all the wonderful things that we have here. And those are two drastically different stories. Here's the crazy thing about them. Both are true. Right. You're just going to choose what story you want to tell and what story you want to believe. Yeah. I mean, that that triggers a lot of thoughts for me. Like, yeah, like when we when Sarah and I moved back to Atlanta, TJ, and you know this very well. But, you know, we we were barely making it, you know, just starting blue collar basketball, left a salary job. We had two our two boys were under two years old. You know, I had to sell my truck to have food to, I mean, to buy food and and pay rent. And we were in some major financial and marriage strain, but we were focused on everything we didn't have. You know, we had some comfort when I was coaching in college and Sarah was working and there was some comfort financially and there was comfort and some certainty. And then all of a sudden we didn't have it. So we had to really, you know, we had to really step back and change the story we tell ourselves. What what did we have going on? 
what we had, well, we had two kids who were healthy and we were married and we loved each other instead of focusing on all the stuff that was ticking us off about each other and everything and where our life was. So this happens all the time. This can happen in little things or big things like that. Yeah. So coaches, what story do you need to divorce? Like what story needs to go away? I love the quote we share at PGC all the time. It's somebody somewhere with way worse circumstances is making a better situation out of it than you are. That's the reality of it. Somebody's got a way worse situation than you and they're finding a way they're figuring it out. And I don't know when I say figuring out, it doesn't mean you got no resources whatsoever and you're winning national championships. Like I understand that you do have to have some things to be able to be successful. But at the same time, if you could win four games, if you could win eight games and you're only winning four, like how do you, how do you figure that out? Like what story do you need to divorce to get yourself to that place? Let's talk about the third one, like your state of mind. Look, I, I think if you don't believe in your strategy and you're telling yourself really bad stories, your state of mind is not going to be very good, Right. And you're going to be in a state of mind like we just talked about. You're just going to live in that bad story. And therefore, you're going to show up every day reflecting the story that you're telling. You're going to show up and be negative towards your players. You're going to show up and you're not going to be thankful for your job. You're not going to appreciate the people you're working with. You're going to, like, if your story's bad, your state of mind's likely to be really bad. Yeah. And so state of mind, what, what would be... I'm going to turn it on you for a second. What are the, when, when coaches are in a bad state of mind, what do you think leads to that? Uh, what causes that the most, whether in season or out of season, what, what comes to your mind first? Well, there's a couple things. One, I think people can go through temporary bad states, you know, a, a bad state of mind for temporary. And it may be because they're not taking care of themselves Maybe because they're not handling stuff at home. They're not being a good husband or a wife or friend or, you know, whatever, like parent or whatever. Like, and, and so then all of a sudden you get down, you get used to a really bad state of mind because you're, which is understandable in our profession because you're just worn down. You're beat up, right? You, you know, you, we talk about all the time, you know, Phil Beckner at one of our clinics said you can't, can't give what you don't have. Um, you can't give away what you don't possess, right? Like, I think that's one reason people get into a bad state of mind, right? I think you can be results driven and the results aren't what you want, get you in a bad state of mind, right? You can be underpaid. That can put you in a bad state of mind, right? You can have players that you don't enjoy coaching every that can put you in a bad state of mind, right? And really goes back to the one previous, the story is that that's the story that's dominating your life. Like, yeah, maybe you have a difficult player that you really don't like and they take up 90% of your time. But honestly, it's just a small part of your life. But it's the biggest part of your life when that's the story that you tell and hear all the time. Yeah, and this this happens a lot in season because of what you alluded to, where coaches are staying up later, waking up earlier. They're not sleeping much. So when you're not sleeping much, you're already not at your optimal state of mind. You're, you're more emotional. You get frustrated easy, you anger more easily. And that's when your players probably need you the most. And so you got to check yourself and you got to, you know, I, I've been saying this again recently to a lot of coaches is we coaches are not giving their best or let me back up coaches and they're not being their best when they need to give their best. And that is often in season. We, that's when we say, oh, I'll start eating better later. Oh, I'll start sleeping better. I'll start working out again later. No, no. 
Your players need you right now and you need you right now. And your family, if you have a family needs you right now. And so, you know, I'm not saying you got, you know, six hours in a day to go do a, you know, one hour massage and an hour workout and meditate for four hours. Like we might have, but you need to, you need to give yourself some daily vitamins so that you can be your best self. And then when you get into, or your players get into ruts, your position to handle that in a better state of mind. But oftentimes we, we can't, we can't change the strategy or the story, TJ, because the state of mind is not in the right place. Is it chicken or egg? I know you're kind of talking about that a minute ago, like stories, but you may not be able to change that strategy or story because you're just not in the right state of mind. Yeah. And before we wrap up, I want to talk a second about symptoms. You know, like, how do you know if, you know, you don't believe in your strategy or your story is really bad or your state of mind isn't good? How do you know? I mean, I think there's a couple ways that it manifests itself, but I think complaining is a really big one. Like oftentimes when you don't believe you have a strategy or, you know, you believe that, uh, you're in a bad state of mind or or you or your story is bad i think you complain a lot and so coaches you might be in this and not even know it but how much are you complaining right now how much are you complaining to your spouse how much are you complaining to your athletic director how much are you complaining to your players how much you know like <clears throat> i think that's one symptom and honestly the result of that symptom oftentimes is just general unhappiness not just for yourself but it's it's cast upon everybody around you. It's cast upon the players. You go to practice and rather than coach them up, you call them out. You know what I mean? Rather than go into a place of like going out there and leading and inspiring them, you just constantly tell them what they're doing wrong. And so like coaches may be in this place and not even know it, but a good way to see if you're in this place and, and maybe you don't even know it, I think that's a pretty good way. Like, are you constantly going to practice complaining? Are you constantly just blaming players for all the things that aren't happening well? Are you constantly complaining to your bosses about all this stuff? If you're doing that, there's a pretty good chance that you don't believe in your strategy or you're telling yourself a bad story or you're in a bad state of mind or all three of them possibly. And I, th- I think that maybe sometimes you need to look at if those symptoms are happening, you might be telling yourself, well, I'm fine. I'm doing good, whatever. But I, I would, I would doubt it if if those symptoms are showing up right on a regular basis. Yeah, that that triggered a thought. One year in college coaching, TJ, I was in a really bad state of mind, and on the way home from work one day, I stopped. This bookstore was in between our apartment and the and the school, and I stopped at the bookstore, and I just wanted to go in there and like pick up a book and see if it. I picked up this book called the No Complaining Rule. It was written by John Gordon. It was written, gosh, I don't know, 15 years ago. And I started thumbing through it. You know, John Gordon's books are easy to read, right? And um, I started reading. I read like 30 pages and I I just went and bought it. And I I finished half of it that night. I woke up the next morning and finished the rest of it. That right there, reading that one book completely flipped my state of mind and put me on a completely different trajectory. And sometimes that's what what can a book can do it, a a podcast, a conversation with somebody you trust or respect. Um, a moment can flip our state of mind. So coaches, parents, leaders, players listening, you're not that far away from getting into a different state of mind. It's not something that has to happen over six months. You can make a decision 
in a moment and, and change your state of mind. And another quick example of that would be, I was reading an article last year about Ben McCollum um, out at Northwest Missouri State, TJ. And he was talking about his early years there, how I think he was on the phone with his mom or and, and talking about his team. And he was frustrated that I guess he got beat on the road and he was complaining. And his, and his mom was like, well, you, you just, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but like, well, you're just having a negative state of mind. Like your team's not going to be any good until, until you change that. And he made an intentional effort right there in that moment on a, on a bus ride home that he was going to approach coaching different. They ended up going on a little bit of a run that year. Then I think the next year they won their first national championship because a coach, one person that decided to change their state of mind, it affected everybody around them. That's the power of your state of mind. That's the power of a story, your strategy. He changed his state of mind. He changed his strategy on how he was coaching and the rest is history. Yeah. You know, and so coaches, the, idea behind this show was not to get you to just go quit your job but i'll be honest with you for some people that might be at the end of the year maybe this does maybe you need to find another job like that could be a reality the idea was to get you to rethink and i think the whole premise behind andy stanley a fire yourself is to reevaluate the way that you're thinking because it, there it really is a great possibility that a fresh set of eyes is exactly what you need right now. Or at some point you're going to need a fresh set of eyes. And how do you get a fresh set of eyes? How do you reset your heart, your mind, your soul, like get back to a place where you can operate really well. And so fire yourself today, coaches, go ahead and just give yourself the ax, step away from it, get to 30,000 feet rather than in the weeds and reevaluate, you know, what are my strategies? What's the story that I'm telling myself? What's the state of mind that I'm in? Because we really want you to enjoy doing what you're doing. And we really want you to see the goodness in the job that you do have. And so it wasn't meant to, to, to be Debbie Downer. It was meant to be a little bit of a challenge to get you to a place of being the best version of yourself and getting back to doing what you love and getting back to, again, just going after each day with a little bit of passion and energy, because that's going to be the best version of you. So appreciate you listening, coaches. Before we sign off today... I want to send a shout out to our guy, uh, Guando23, Chris Guandolini. Um, Chris Guandolini, he is uh, one of our listeners right here. And, and we'll see if we can put this picture up here. But we were at our clinic this this weekend in Connecticut. And I don't know if you all remember the episodes for you, those that are listening. But um, uh, Sam says that he eats squash every day, even though he hates it, even from back when he was a, a little kid. And so uh, Chris made some shirts. And stay tough, eat squash. We'll put it on the website. I don't know, Chris, if you got access to any more of those shirts. But I, I love it. Sam, I saw Sam wearing it the other day uh, when we got back but uh stay tough eat more squash so I, coaches I, maybe- dropped a, I dropped a picture on uh twitter yesterday and tj i know I, I know you're wrapping up i was thinking about this over the weekend on on the flight and um i didn't want to say this and like we we have a lot of people listening to this podcast and whether it's one people or a thousand like I, i'm not i'm not the spokesperson for you uh but i i was just thinking how grateful I am for if you're listening to this and you take time out of your day, whether you listen to us consistently or every now and then or just this one time, like we appreciate you and we we love impacting people. 
And uh, I was just wanting to express that gratitude because I don't I don't think we do that or I've done that enough. So thank you for listening. Yeah, I double down on that. You know, I actually coaches, I've actually got, got an ask of you, too. Like, if you do enjoy the show, can you share it? Can you share it on social media? Can you share it with a friend for somebody else? Because you know, our goal is to educate, encourage and inspire people, you know, and, and so uh, we're trying to do that on a daily basis. And, you know, we, we've been fortunate where our show continues to grow and we get more and more listeners and thousands of listens every week. And, um, you know, we, we appreciate that platform and it's not possible without you as coaches. And we'd also just love to grow that, to be able to spread that with other coaches, to get educated, inspired, encouraged, because we all need it because so many times we can be in a, in a bad state of mind. We can be telling the wrong stories and we can have the wrong strategies and we want to help you with all of those things. And Sam, and I need to do the same thing sometimes. We need to get our, our story better and we need to get our strategies better and we need to get into a better state of mind. But we're all better when we do that. So no doubt, absolutely. Uh, we're so thankful for you as, as listeners. So hit us up at hardwood underscore hustle. He is Sam, I am TJ, and we are the Hardwood Hustle. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Hardwood Hustle, where we believe in the value of a coach. We want to bring you quality content and journey with you. Stay connected with us on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Harwood underscore hustle. From the Harwood Hustle team, thanks again. We can't wait to be with you again next week.